Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patrick Grimion. I have Taylor Jacobson on the show of the Heart Trail, drone technology, mm-hmm. and a whole lot of other stuff like we were talking <laughs> right. before the break. So, Taylor, kind of give us a little bit of background and your initial story. Where are you from? What got you here? And then we'll go from there. Cool. Uh, so a little bit about my background. My family's from Louisiana. I was actually born in New Orleans. A lot of people kind of don't know that. But as I was telling you earlier, I moved around so much. There's a lot of long story to it. But in short, I uh, graduated LSU with a bachelor degree back in 2014 with landscape architecture. Uh, went to go work in Texas with some international design firms. Kind of broke away from that uh, about a year to work on a drone company for about three years. Uh, fell in love with it, was able to kind of even get a little buyout and want to get back into the design world. So I took the opportunity. I'm back here now in Baton Rouge, get my master's in landscape architecture. So then I had the opportunity to then start a little design firm to kind of help pay the bills. And it's actually Absolutely. grown into something pretty interesting and some exciting projects that we're working on now. So okay. it's, uh, that's the short version. There's more, <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep it to the well, shorter version. This, we're, we're, in, we're in a long form podcast here. Okay. So. <laughs> You've asked anybody. My average show is like 40 minutes. Okay. We've got so plenty of time. We've got plenty of time. I've so got plenty of stories, yeah. Per, let's let's start with the drone company. Why? Yeah. Why the drone company? Okay. So just recently before we started, we were talking about those man-made islands out in Dubai. Right. So part of what I was doing was working for a design firm, a, a urban planning, master planning design firm where the, it's civil engineers, much like your wife, will uh, design these spaces uh, off the coast of Dubai or UAE. And then they had to be developed. You had to actually then program communities from scratch. So imagine like this uh, LSU campus all of a sudden saying, here's a land, build us a campus. Or here's okay. downtown Baton Rouge, build us a city. We have skyscrapers, we need 50 of them, whatever it may be. Right. Uh, so we built resorts, skyscraper master planning, we worked with moss layouts, you know, everything. And that was these huge projects that uh, we were working on and they were pumping them out so fast. And the only kind of information we had was on Google Earth. And in that part of the world, it wasn't even the best imagery. And at the time, I just got my hands on the drone technology. I knew its capabilities, and I'm sitting here just absolutely frustrated. I'm like, guys, we're working on a multi-billion dollar, I mean, like 20-something billion dollar right. project, and I can't get a site photo. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? So I absolutely saw this opportunity to say that I could take this $2,000 drone at the time and say I can fly a site and create a map that was almost 20 times better resolution than I was currently working on. Oh, geez. So, and when I say, I mean, we're talking about... The idea of even measuring cracks in concrete compared to saying, you know, what is this object on Google Earth that's over the size of a building? You know, so the pixels are the size of this porch compared to the size of like a small square of information. So I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be something big. So broke off from there, spent the next three years trying to figure it out because like this was 2015. Uh, This is like very the drones were just kind of getting <laughs> Dude, the, into the, the wor- business. There was just like mass chaos of like uh, people being fearful of what the drones would be doing. The FAA was still even trying to regulate it. Uh, people were still even trying to sell it and market it. I mean, so it was like the wild, wild west at the time. We were trying to figure out all of that. And uh, I had a business partner at the time. We brought in a few of the people. So we're young, uh, just young kids, it felt like, just trying to go and find where this technology had the best opportunity. So we did construction monitoring wetland coastal restoration monitoring uh design firms for even projects uh, engineering situations i mean search and rescue real estate obviously was a kind of saturated market um that was a whole interesting the search and rescue was pretty interesting yeah like, i want to I go into the search and rescue what was what was that like well the hard part about like any introduction to new technology is that you have to you can't just walk up to someone and say hey this is going to fix your problem right because most of the time you don't know their problem yeah. Uh, and I was not someone that knew search and rescue, but I, again, as the COO, had to figure out where this was going, this technology was going to be our best fit, where we're going to maximize the best profit, if you will. So we went to uh, Search One Rescue out of Dallas, Texas, which is the largest canine search and rescue team in the country. These guys are incredibly intimidating. I mean, just old military, just like straight to the T. Like, um, and the first thing they said was, was like, we love this idea, but you have to go through training. And okay. I was like, I mean, what do you mean? He's like, look, in order, you have to understand our operations so that way when you get into the operation, you know where to go and you won't mess us up. Right. Because we're, I mean, we're trying to save lives here. And if you get in the way of that, then you can, you know, affect someone's life. And I kind of sat back. And I was like, man, you're absolutely right. Okay, what do I need to do? So we spent, I, I mean, I, I, my business partner was in Houston at the time. I was in Dallas. We're trying to split our markets and kind of dominate. 
so I was kind of going to a search and rescue training like every Sunday in the morning, giving up my weekends as a young kid, I felt like, and just being like, all right, I'm going to go and wake up. And I mean, watching this operation was just incredible. These guys were, these animals, I mean, we, we know dogs have keen smell, but I mean, they were finding like a, a tooth that they would drop in a five acre field with, you know, hay this tall and they'd be able to find it. Jesus. I mean, they, it, it's just incredible, but they had limitations to like say visual. And that's where right. we saw the opportunity to say, Hey guys, we can, this technology can be, we found your hole. This is where it's going to be to, you know, to bridge that gap. Right. Cause if they, if they let the dogs go loose in the field or whatnot, they can't necessarily see the dog all the time, they have. but if they had an aerial view, then they could at least track the movement in the grass. Absolutely. And it, was, the dog. it was, it was a little bit of that. It was knowing um, obstacles in front of them. Was there, is there a fence somewhere? Cause I mean, most of the time, you're going to get places where Google Maps just doesn't have uh, relevant information. Most of the right. times, though, you're out in the rural area. So, therefore, your data is, is weak or outdated. So, we could fly, map out things. Uh, so, essentially, instead of having someone grid walk an area, we can map out 50 acres in a couple, you know, less than an hour, get a high resolution map and have someone in their command center going through trying to find a shoe on the ground or a person or even tracks, even some right. clue that they cannot see just because that's just so much ground for man to cover. So they had their systems. We try to offer ours in different ways. It was really interesting. Uh, unfortunately, the problem was you, it's hard to monetize at the time. Yeah. They weren't, they had liked anything. They were working off grants and funding and pro, you know, from the city, like they didn't have the capability to hire a company like ours to say, this is full time. So we helped them anytime we could. We offered some times where we came out and flew for them to give them advice. Um, they crushed it every time without us because they're amazing at what they do. And they were to find things that, you know, our, our site, you know, our vision just couldn't do or the thermal right. technology wasn't there at the time. I mean, thermal cameras were costing 20K just to, just to put underneath a 20K uh, aircraft, you know, a little uh, drone, if you will. So it's like, man, we were like, we don't have 50K just to throw out for you guys. Yeah. So we had to kind of back off from there and then go into all these different fields I mean, we, we must have flown, uh, you know, all the way to places in Phoenix, uh, Atlanta, uh, Texas, Louisiana, North, Washington, D.C., you name it. If there was a job site and the client wanted us, we're like, we're there. We'll figure it out. We'll get it done for you. So when we were developing and learning about what really made this industry something unique and um, the hardest part was is that a lot of times it was so much data that these clients just didn't know what to do with it. Right. I mean, we're talking about an example, a site surveyor, and we had to be careful of surveying, you know, stamping things. That's what we weren't doing, but we could still collect very near um, truthful data. So we could build models, terrain models of the of the ground from photogrammetric uh, software. And we could collect something like, let's say, a golf course we did over in City Park in New Orleans. Um, a surveyor on the ground in the, you know, with, with boots to the ground could probably hit maybe 10,000, I mean, with, with the right equipment in a day. We collected somewhere like 200 million uh, ground points, all within 1% accuracy of those ground points that they collected. Jesus. So we're talking about like, you're going from like, I don't know, Morse code yeah. to 5G, Google Fiber kind <laughs> of information. Like it's yeah. just, it's so overwhelming. You almost don't know what to do with it. Uh, and we even had, we knew how to use the softwares and understand the data, but our clients a lot of times, you know, you know we're working with golf course, you know, GMs and yeah. groundskeepers. They are like, I don't, I don't even know how to use Google Earth. You know, right. so it's, I mean, so we had to like walk them. We understood that the data collection was a process, but the management of that data was also the process. So right. that's what we sold data collection and management of spatial information. So that's yeah. kind of what I, I always say. Art is beautiful, but data is king. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, that's a fact. Well, I mean, it's, it's all about knowing how to use the data. I mean, I know in my field for accounting, yeah. you can bring all your stuff that you've got all the data from the year. But if you don't know where it goes and how to interpret it, then, you're, then it's pointless data. Absolutely. And so for you, I guess that was that value add was, okay, here's all the data and yeah. here's how we think it can work best in your favor. Was right. that kind of y'all's path that y'all went? Yeah, absolutely. And and every client was different. Like oh, There wasn't one client that was just like a stamp and we just we had a process. We could just go. There was one, right. but it was uh, construction. And unfortunately, that was probably the biggest field that could have benefited from this kind of information. But they were... Uh, the one client or two clients we had were a little bit on the like you know, old school side, we'll call it. They're like, look, we just need these aerial images for these monthly reports. We're not using them for inspection. We're not using them for project yeah. tracking. So we're, I'm sitting over here like, man, I can get you such beautiful information that would make and save you money. And let me just show you how. And they're like, no, we're good. So that there was in now, but you know, fast forward 2020, 
I mean, I can show you case study after case study, company after company that's just absolutely using this technology. And they're like, yeah, we're saving millions. It's like, right. Well, so it's, it's like, I, I saw that back in 2014. I was like, this is going to be a disruptor to, yeah. of, of information and, and, and not to mention like just of how things are getting done. So, um, I was just like, when I, when I saw this and that's what I love about just sometimes having this wide eyed vision of, you know, optimism is just that this could be something that absolutely changes the game. Right. And then, so I don't know what that game is yet. But I know this technology is so powerful that I can't just sit here and just not not be a part of it and in its right. expansion into certain fields. So uh, I've just recently opened, uh, helped out LSU. Uh, they have an incredible program over there in our landscape and architecture program, but also the College of Art and Design. Um, they are going to now, uh, we are now training uh, students how to fly and collect okay. data and then manage that data. So we've got some new professors that have come in that really work with a lot of geospatial information, um, but collecting it is a whole other thing. You know, we have GIS. Some people may know what that is. My wife does. I yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, she has to. Uh, GIS is a geographical information system. So it's just it's just layering of information over spatial uh, areas. And so, you know, that has been kind of around since the 90s, maybe even earlier. But uh, collecting it has always been satellite based and plane based, right? So the right. so Google Earth is uh, by plane. You know, so it's a nice big contract. Someone goes up there and gets a beautiful camera, click, 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 and then puts it together. Uh, we're doing the same thing with drones, but just on a much lower level and more detailed level. Also on a more micro level, meaning that we're only scanning, you know, a couple acres or a hundred acres or a golf course while you're, some people are doing the whole city with the satellites. So yeah, and it's affordable. I mean, right? A I'm satellite. A, my house imaged. I'm not going to call a plane and say, hey, can you fly over my house? Right, yeah, yeah. Say, I mean, hey, my buddy's got a drone. Yeah, that's and so like, and then you can also just, like I said about the golf course, I mean, you can fly it within the same day, you know, same amount of time almost and still get like an entire survey almost of the entire land. I can understand where water is, tree heights, tree space. I mean, I can have a whole analysis Jeez. of the site. Like, I mean, in terms of like a designer or even engineer mind, you're like, right. that's so much information. I, I, I need a design. <laughs> like, I need yeah. to figure this out. I, I only need this piece, but... It's incredible to offer every piece because you don't know what that one piece will be, which defines or even changes the landscape uh, or the design of that you know thing for the client. So it's important. So we're, I'm now training and building a LSU drone training program. So we'll have that for them, which is very exciting. Uh, and then we will also be kind of continuous that throughout the year. So now they'll be able to rent drones. Uh, actually be able to go out and survey themselves and collect data and then offer this later on into the profession. Um, so it's really interesting because kind of what you were talking a little bit about um, prior to starting is that firms now, design firms, are now actually hiring people to bring in this kind of technology right. like in-house. Like, yeah. So it's no longer like are they saying we're going to pay this company to go get the data. It's like <clears throat> we want that technology every day. We want it for us internally. And this director of digital innovation is going to be doing that. Well, because it's so it's so price friendly now. It's you know, so yeah. it's it's so price friendly for somebody to go like you said a two thousand dollar drone for an, an design firm or something's nothing. You know, for them to say, "Oh, I'm gonna buy a two thousand dollar drone or a five thousand yeah. dollar drone and have the same amount of data I can have with a fifteen thousand dollar report." Right. Like, uh, yeah. And that's of course. just one report. If that's I do this report. on ten, twenty projects a year, exactly. The savings, even if you pay your drone flyer really well. You still come out ahead. You still come out ahead. And that's kind of what I, I, I even have some, uh, I'm very lucky to be uh, well-networked in our program. They've done a, <clears throat> crazy, a, a great job of always continuing that. LinkedIn, Facebook. Oh, I'm, LinkedIn's <clears throat> huge. I, uh, if you guys aren't on social media and you're in any kind of business, get on it right now. It's free. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you understand how to use it. Right. <laughs> this right. is my first Facebook Live, uh, but I've done YouTube. I've done everything else, but this is a great example of that now. Uh, I've been over the three years of that company. We were always marketing ourselves for the drones because right. because it was a new technology. It was so hot. I mean, it was absolutely free. I didn't have to pay for a single thing to get. I mean, we must have had some two hundred thousand impressions over LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, uh, within one year. I mean, oh, yeah. not to mention I got I got asked to go to conferences, blah blah blah, to speak because of it. So it's just absolutely insane. So I've. Through all that, I'm even now getting some design firm principals and or owners saying, hey, you know, could you help us maybe figure this this new technology out? Or would you want to come? Kind <laughs> of want to come on board. We'll hire you. We'll pay you. Yeah, yeah we'll pay you. I'm like, I'm like, well, I like what I do. So it's going to have to be something good yeah. <laughs> to take I, me away from my freedom right. as a business owner. So it's uh, but it's so exciting in 2020 to see 
you know, what, what chance I took at leaving what was my dream job, you know, cause I was doing some incredible, I just, I had so much fun at that design firm, just building things and design things. So it was hard for me to leave that, but I knew, you know, when you, when you see that technology where you're just obsessed with it and you're like, this is going to be something big. And now that, it, now that it's 2020 and everybody's saying, Hey, we want this like in our daily operations. I'm like, this is, this is so exciting. This landscape architects should not be the ones that are like experts in drones, but that's how our field works. We do so many different things. Yeah. I mean, you're, you cover such an array. I mean, you're talking golf courses, construction, yeah. even whole <clears throat> cities like Dubai. I mean, that's crazy that your field can fall under all of that. Stuff. It does. Yeah. The spectrum is so wide <clears throat> right. that you can cover almost anything. And with drones, I mean, now you've got commercial real estate. I know it's huge. Yep. For them to be able to give that aerial viewpoint oh, of yeah. everything. I know like Matthew Laborde oh, with Elephant they, Realty. They're crushing it with that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's a perspective thing, right. too. Right. It's, it's a perspective thing. When he was on the show, we were talking about what he does and how they do it differently. And it's so yeah. fascinating that five years ago, this was it was, not, it was unheard of. Because oh. everything had to be done by like helicopter. Helicopter. Dangerous, like, expensive. It's all expensive. That. It's dangerous. Yeah. And now you've got... Even film crews are now using drones to capture the same footage, if not better, oh, yeah. than they would with a helicopter because it makes sound a whole lot easier. Yep. When I go on the back end of that, I know from having to deal with podcasts, sound is <laughs> not fun. It's, it's another Let alone yeah. video is a whole different ballgame right. combining those two. And so for them now to have the drone technology is so fascinating that it's almost like, why why did we wait so long to have yeah. this? I mean, it. You're absolutely right. It's also the evolution of the technology itself. I mean, right. the first drone I had in my hands, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fly that today commercially. No way. Really? It's just, oh man, it was so dangerous. Like, <laughs> it, 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 and that was like the, the the version two of it. You know, like it, before that, it was even worse. I mean, anybody that's been in RC, you know, kind of uh, life, understands the difficulties of flying and controlling flight. I mean, right. I'm obsessed with aviation. You know, it's been a hundred and like seven years since we've really had first power controlled man flight. And now we have it in a way that's like the ultimate control. I mean, I can literally take, I could, I could have a drone right now with my knowledge, uh, take anything you want at the size, like, you know, um, small orange of weight and put it anywhere in the city and drop it off of someone's doorstep and then send it back to me. Wow. Without so like, moving. Well, like, like programs or are you flying it yourself? Uh, both. I mean, I can honestly do a pre-programmed flight, which is then a drone, which is fully autonomous flight, or I can fly the UAV or UAS by hand. It's illegal, which I couldn't do because you have to. So he doesn't do it. I don't do it. I can. Uh, but the FAA will be. They are. They are and have been working on a lot of things to get us to the point which that will become legal. Um, beyond visual line of sight is something that they really have been working on because it's something that's been hindering our industry. Right. If I can't send something, if I can't have something go past uh, two thousand feet. Well, then that kind of limits me on how, because now I have, it's almost like fishing, right? Right. I have a line. I can only go so far to put that bait. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we have an endless thing where you can send it, uh, then I can I can collect data on railroads, pipelines. I can monitor wildlife. There's just, you know, fences. There's a whole other right. thing. So power lines. So it's just, um, they're getting to that. Eventually, we will have that. I really am curious to see if we ever get that Amazon deal, that headquarters here, if they will then send out and push drones uh, across the Baton Rouge landscape because we really don't have a very busy airspace. Yeah, we don't, um, we don't have a whole uh, lot. We don't. And Even we, with the expansion of the Baton Rouge airport, we right. still don't have that much. Well, I mean, it's it's a good, but the placement of it is too. So a lot of people don't understand. It's like you don't want to fly within five miles radius of an airport. Uh, and we're honestly, we're, we hit that five-mile radius like right after the state capitol. Like okay. almost like so, like downtown, mid city, like we're all right, well out, of right of Main miles. Street. I mean, Main Street in the capital, like it's like that's like the five mile radius. So like I, I know it by heart, so I can't. I don't want to get my drone near there, and uh, I'm always looking at elephant stuff. I'm like, you know, maybe a little close. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they they've been doing very well. I've been kind of like always thinking about it, but they, uh, yeah. So like anywhere around here, I mean, especially if they're going to hit their headquarters, uh, was it a Florida or? Oh. Elephant Realty? No, no, no. The um, Amazon. Uh, there, the t- there's talks about it. Uh, there, there's talks about them being everywhere. I mean, talks yeah. about like Cortana Mall yeah, or yeah. wherever they're gonna f- go. So I don't. They're not. They they're not know. definitive. Yeah. yeah they don't but know. if they ever put that over there, they would have plenty of space to do All that right. kind of stuff, which is great because that's you know that offers eventually the technology to do that. When well, we yeah, talk about congestion, let's get some tr- big trucks off the road, and that's gonna you know stop ordering, stop driving things around. Let's let's fly them. Well, but the problem is you've got tin that cuts straight through yeah, yeah, yeah. Baton Rouge. So, yeah. But at the same time, it'll get, fly, us, it'll, get, it'll get us off. They'll yeah. get them off of the main roads in Baton yeah. Rouge. That's what I'm saying. Any, any road, any car not on the, on the road is going to help out. I'm a big, a big believer in biking and walking. I love, my, I love my walking cities. Uh, 
So therefore, I'm always trying to like be off the road in my own way. I take the bus when I can. I bike or walk when I can. So or I fly my equipment when I can. So. <laughs> I don't think you can fly yourself, just No, like not that. yet. Now, if you go to uh, Dallas, they'll have that by the end of this year. They'll, really? Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen some prototypes of them happening, like flying across rivers and stuff oh, to yeah. test it. Oh, yeah. So man, it's, it's that soon? Oh, Uber will have it very soon. Uber's been working with uh, FAA for the last two years on this. I think it's going to be 2021. Whatever. We're talking about like Jetsons yeah. are like a reality now. That's like, and it's going to be in Dallas. Like you can fly between two cities for like 10, 10 minutes with like for 30 bucks. I don't trust it yet, but I don't know. Give it's, it. I'm a, I'm a 10 year kind of thing. Like self-driving cars. I'll wait 10. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll do my best and just kind of just patiently be diligent at the wheel and then wait my turn. But you know, there are certain tech pieces of technology that have been, I like to buy into the car. It could be brake assistance, lane diversion, all these kind of things that help, you know, right. the main accidents. But self-driving, I'll wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick with our diesel motors for Yeah, now. the that diesel motors. Are, we know what's there. We know what's I know. I do that thing breaks down. I can figure that thing out right now. I have not. St- I'm, a, I'm thinking about getting my hands on a fir- an all-electric car just so I don't get behind the times. Because I'm afraid if, like, if I just jump from, like, the diesel engine that's 15 years old to, you know, the next tesla or whatever you, you know leave no what you're i'm gonna be like guys i can't fix this and i hate not fixing my own stuff so i'm the same way so i need to learn how i need to learn electronics and computers and <laughs> electricity <laughs> Every, every everything i just started now. learning about you know diesel combustion so it's like it's gonna be a whole nother game but i'm excited because uh i think it's gonna be a really interesting technology to help out so much in our urban landscapes is self-driving vehicles there's a whole conversation even a podcast you can do about that i mean just like what is the landscape change right when you have roads that no longer uh need uh let's say street lights no neither you no longer need parking lots who's right. to say you who's to even say you'll have a car in your driveway why That's would you so true. i mean why not if you have enough self-driving cars why don't you just do like a rent a car when there's enough cars going around you just kind of a cabot right uh the idea of uber just offering cars at a at any chance for you is almost cheaper than owning so therefore, urban landscapes change. No driveways, no parking garages, no parking spaces. We can we can build more parklets like a coacha. So it's like Gosh, yeah, the things it's... really. I mean, then your traffic goes down, so your interstate never becomes backed up. Right. Well, and then your your auto insurance you goes almost, down. You almost either go down or become non-existent. Yeah. I mean, realistically, well, you'll be self-insured. Yeah. You'll be you're and you no longer be insuring your cars for collisions. You'll be insuring yourself for getting in an accident for yeah. an autonomous collision or something honestly probably just like hurting yourself getting out (laughs) right falling out of the car that's the only i mean i mean i mean we're talking about systems that are just so well designed i mean the human the human body can only do so much to actually you know act in a car i mean we have distraction we have we have fatigue we have lights we have sounds i mean we have our phones unfortunately we have music we have a, a windshield we have you know blinders yeah. You know, as a car. So we can only do so much as a human being. And we're not looking 360 all the time either. 360 calculating looking- more ways than you can even fathom. And even like, you know, we're talking about like try to fathom how many universes and stars are in the globe. And you're like, oh, I can because we, I know there's infinite amount. That's how much data is being collected on these cars as, and every foot that they're driving. So it's right. like they're cal- they're seeing things that are 100 feet away that you couldn't even think about collecting of information. So I'm really excited. Uh, it's, it's exciting and scary at the same time because there's yeah. so many different industries affected by it. Yeah, that it's it's almost as if the industries themselves are putting a damper on it because they're too comfortable. Right, they've been around for so long that they're like, we can't we can't change because we don't know what it's going to look like for us. Well, I mean, they, they I'm telling you, um, <clears throat> I geek out on a lot of these things, and I've been watching a few called YouTube channels on the discussion. Uh, the car manufacturer companies are way ahead of them what we think, meaning that. 15 years ago when the first idea of autonomous cars came out, they were all putting on a whole nother R&D department to build right. these things. Because They have to. Here's the question. My buddy asked me the other day. He goes, do you think Sony – he goes, I think Sony's going to go into the car making business. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's not hard to make a car anymore. I said, true. You can make a motor. I mean, they can all be electric and they're not going to break down, no oils, less maintenance. You can build a shell, you know, whatever. He goes, well, and he goes, here's the most important part. He says, once cars start driving themselves, we no longer look at them as a, a carriage. We look at them as a, a comfort, which means like you and I will be doing exactly what we're doing to our guests right here. And we'll be in this space. Mm-hmm. This will be an extension of home. This will be an entertainment space. Right. And who better than like Sony or some other kind of companies out there to start kind of getting into this cabin design space because the vehicle will just be a third party manufacturer. But the interior will be who wins that race to 
you say, oh, no longer you're looking at the car. You're like, yeah, it's an engine. I get it. It's going to work. What's the inside like? Right. How, so, what's the level of comfort? What's the level of entertainment? Uh, sophistication, yeah. Entertainment. And that's Sony. You know, like, that's so true with Sony. I it's, wonder, yeah. Sony's a great entertainer. I mean, they, Nintendo could even, you know, I mean, oh, like Nintendo's coming PlayStation, back that. <laughs> PlayStation could even get involved. I mean, like, I mean, we have so many I mean, different things. Microsoft, Apple, uh, Apple I mean, absolutely. It. I mean, Apple's already built their own self-driving car. I mean, it's just like everybody's going to get into this game. It's going to saturate it. But again, it's going to create, you know, competition, which I love because that gives us the best product at a fair price. Right. As a capitalism consumer, it's, it's great. Capitalism. Absolutely. I, I think it drives everything. It's, it's amazing what it does. And so. Uh, those kind of questions you go all day for, but I mean, I just love the idea that one day, you know, I could just say, "Hey, let's go to another city five hours away and just sit back and wake up in that city." Right. Like, especially you know, like, like with the Airbnbs progressing on, you no longer have to worry about a hotel filling up. You can go find somebody's house to stay at. Yeah. Or you can find an Airbnb hub. Yeah. Of different space that's so unique, and it's all about the experience of the end consumer. Absolutely. Is where everything is shifting to because by by humans we've got everything we need oh, we all of our needs are met and met. exceeded exceeded it's all about okay it's line up now man what can we go and do that we haven't done yet right or what can we go and do that we can't do just us right and it's like okay so now it's all about experience with yep. airbnb's principles was the experience mm-hmm. they wanted to show the experience of going to the house and then living in that city for a day or a weekend. yeah that neighborhood that you couldn't afford that's right uh you know or that little quaint that place that would not allow zoning for a hotel that's right i mean like, no garden district is going to allow um, a hotel to pop up but there are plenty of airbnbs for you oh. to feel that quaint feel that beauty of that Absolutely. and that's like you know take that van you know the, the moment that van starts self-driving you know i'm going to buy one of those because <laughs> If not make it, convert not, it into I don't know, man. That thing's gonna be a diesel for life. I'm gonna that thing's gonna be an antique. I'm telling you, I'm gonna pass that down on to the kids. They'll be like, I don't want to touch that diesel. It'll probably be biodiesel by then, right. by regulation. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'll convert it over to biodiesel. But now that's gonna be my uh, my fun my fun ride. But eventually, I mean, cars will become extensions of our home. Yeah. So therefore, like we will I mean, <laughs> it's like then the question goes into it, all right. Well, if that if you have an extension of home, how comfortable does your home need to be? Because how long are you in your home? Is That's the question so I have. So true. So like, I mean, there's so many fun thoughts about like as technology shifts, so right. will these things that we think that will never shift. You know, like oh, by oh, I need this big home. Well, do you? Because you're only here for a little time, and then if you don't have a small, if you have a smaller home, then you can take this beautiful traveling home and go yeah. anywhere. But when you want to experience do? the world, yeah, it's like because you're always dying to where can I get my next vacation? Where can I get away from yeah. the house? You're always trying. You buy the house and you're always trying to leave the house. Yeah, and it, and it's exhausting to drive. I mean, like I, I, the reason I bought that thing, dude, I travel like. 30,000, 40,000 miles a year sometimes just all across the country because I'm obsessed with just experiences and, and, and observing these different landscapes and uh, urban cities. And also my friends are scattered everywhere, so I love to kind of just hang out and right. catch up with them in their their location. Um, but, I mean, like what happens when you take away a six-hour drag, you know, of an hour of a drive? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden that, you know, hey, it's Friday, we can leave, and then come back Sunday well-rested. All of a sudden does the quality of work in the workplace pick up because self-driving cars are there. So it's like, and then there's this fun calculation of, let's say the average person spends an hour in traffic a day, which is, you know, that's mid-sized city probably issues, 30 minutes here and there. Yeah, my three and a half minutes, not going to, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. hurting, I'm hurting the commute time. No, 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 you're, you're helping your life out. You're smiling because you have a good commute time. That's important. I, I keep in mind all down to 10. Um, I won't, I won't live anywhere past that just because it just, I won't. Uh, but if you have an hour of commute time, uh, what happens when the entire population gets that back every day? Right. You know, so you're talking about hundreds of millions of hours a day. Per, so with looking over the whole spectrum of people of a year, I mean, we're talking about billions and billions and billions of hours that could be now either relaxing, be productive, learning, coding, investing entertaining distressing whatever spending time with your family spending time with your family and even that time even goes down uh through traffic because you're self-driving cars so you don't have these interstate jams anymore right so now all of a sudden not only are they productive hours but they're also social hours too so our community as a as a whole or you know the race or whatever starts becoming a little bit less stressed and more productive again so there's going to be this huge spike of like I don't know what. I don't know. I, <laughs> don't I can know only, where to go from here. I, I can only go like my brain's like you know I see some things, but that's I'm gonna leave it there because I, yeah. I can't I can't speculate. That's it. Okay, so the, the real reason we we came here was the the heart trail in yep. Baton Rouge. What you're doing here? How keeping the the drone theme, I guess, and the technology uh, theme. Are you incorporating that into what you're doing here? So 
I started a little company called Urban Canvas Studio, which is essentially just a design firm, but I'm using art installations to revitalize urban spaces. Okay. That's like the, the line, meaning that I'm still very much an urban designer. I just want to use the medium of art as a way to revitalize it versus, you know, uh, creating trails or park spaces or new buildings or restaurants as an architect or a landscape architect may. I just want to use art because it's amazing how quick it can go up, right? how impactful it can be and how affordable it can be. Yeah. All three of those and a little overhead for me. And I'm like, I love this. I can, I can be in grad school. I can teach. I can do all these amazing things and still quickly, you know, do some great stuff for the community. Uh, so the heart trail is kind of a part of that. Now, it all started about a year and a half ago. You know, running a business is very stressful. Right. Uh, anybody out there that's listening that's done it, you understand. It's just, it's just time consuming. It's stressful. Your mind's always working. Uh, it can lead to, to just, you know, poor health. Um, so I was just suffering a little bit from like heart complications, just overstress basically is what it, what came to uh, what I learned from my cardiologist and everything. And he's like, you just gotta find a way to unwind. Uh, so in my research, I read so many books, studies, etc. Uh, I learned that walking can just be absolutely powerful. Like just walking. Cause like I used to be trying to, I used to run, I used to work out, I used to play basketball, I used to try all these things and I still stress. Like it just wasn't, wasn't working. So uh, I lived downtown at the air at the time and I just, uh, I was like, all right, well, going with this heart thing, I'm living downtown. Can I just make a, a walking trail or can I walk with my GPS turned on and create a heart shape just for fun? Right. So I just literally went downtown by the riverhead, you know, by the rotary sculpture right now and then started my trail and just meandered through parking lots and looked at my GPS and kept drawing this little heart and it turned out to be a three, three and a half mile trail. Wow. And I was like, cool, this is really awesome. And then it was really neat was that I started, uh, from, uh, the uh, Mississippi River, which is on my th- which is my thesis, is on. So I'm obsessed with the, the river. river itself. Uh, the whole river. That's a whole nother. Gosh, we well ask me about that if we run out of something to talk about. So I'll, br- I'll bring my I'll bring my wife out here for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the river. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started there, and then you go through the downtown, the CBD area, and you right. kind of poke out near uh, the Capitol grounds, and okay. then you kind of go through Spanish Town. Yeah. It kind of comes back through Six near the Cocha area, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of pokes out again through uh, Beauregard Town, and then kind of comes back again through Third Street and Town Park and Town Square Park, and then back to the river. So it kind of it goes through four different neighborhoods almost. So this 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 walking trail is no, it's not boring. You have many stops and turns. You're seeing landmarks, green spaces. You probably pass like ten parks. I think I counted a hundred something businesses. Oh wow! Flowers, neighbors, cats, dogs. You mean like it just. You're just, and then you're talking about natural, uh, expansive elements like the river, you know, trees, big alleys of like park space. So, um, what I realized is that one, you walk for an hour straight, which is that perfect heart, um, kind of, uh, stress, if you want to call it for the exercise. And not to mention though, I've also did a lot of research in the mental, uh, well-being of walking in public spaces, like connections to nature versus, you know, issues that you can have from just being inside isolated. So this trail not only helps you with your physical cardiovascular, you know, uh, health, but also your mental health as well. Right. So I had this idea and I went to a few friends that are kind of, uh, that love to hear that in the arts council, they love to hear my crazy ideas. They're absolutely, they can't wait to hear the next one <laughs> to help me out. <laughs> I'm always just like, guys, I got something crazy. They're like, we love it. So what they, uh, yeah, I mean, Baton Rouge is a, so it's such an exciting place for it. Um, we just have so much opportunity. And to bring in so Absolutely. and people are wanting these things to happen. So it's a perfect time. So I brought this idea to them. I was like, can we figure out a way to get this done? She's like, yeah, we'll figure something out. And so over the last year, they've been pushing me to pre- uh, presenting in front of the art summits, you know, different people, uh, different stakeholders, et cetera. Uh, long and behold, uh, the Hearts Council was um, awarded a grant from the Baton Rouge Area Foundation and uh, Baton Rouge Shield, Baton Rouge Cross and Shield. Uh, foundation as well and a few other players to make collect enough money to hire my company out to actually install and design this so they raised the funds which is an amazing through certain sponsors which we love and the sponsors now, thank you guys and so we we without them i mean it, it, I, I went to the downtown development district i was like guys i can paint this on on the street tomorrow I, i'll go put a heart you know spray paint they're like no don't do that <laughs> no we're gonna do it. i was like we're gonna do it much more we'll, we'll, we'll find a way i was like but this is a very easy and cheap way. It could be done tomorrow. And they're like, no, no, no. And the DDD, um, if you don't know much about them, downtown development district are incredible people. They're also, most of them have a background in landscape architecture. So they're, they're my people. I mean, they're like, Taylor, we get what you're saying, but can we do this right? I'm like, give me some time. I'll come up with some design solutions. Right. So working with them over a year, 
and understanding our limitations of funds and everything and materials, uh, we were we went to Vividing Graphics, got some amazing stuff uh, kind of programmed out for them. Essentially, we're going to be doing is um, using ground decals to mark the trail. To kind of okay. like every 50 feet or every 40 feet, you'll see a marker that allows you to go to follow the next step, almost like a break from. And we're going to use other things later on, but this is the first layer of the right. trail density, as I'm calling it. Eventually, I want to put murals up for long distance places to help guide you, little signs and some other things. But they're like, look, just start small. Start small and grow from and, I was, and I learned that through this process is that sometimes you have this wide eyed project and you're like, I'm ready to just draw a physical line down the street. And it's like, that's not your street, Taylor. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you don't own the street. You don't own the street and there's other people involved. So you got to, you know, so I was, uh, anyways, so. Uh, a lot of people don't know, <clears throat> but about Louisiana is that um, number one killer here is cardiovascular disease. Well, we just have such great food. We have great <laughs> food. You know, the wealth is everywhere. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of um, as a planner and kind of a planning background, there's a lot of factors to it. And we don't have to go too deep into it. But essentially, there is an issue. Uh, I mean, that is, that's insane to think that 13, some thousand people die a year right. from a disease that is very, very preventable. Right. We're talking about preventative medicine versus curable medicine, you know, or, you know, curing it. So, uh, the hospitals here and the fund, the, the sponsors believe in preventative medicine. So they were saying, like, here, we're going to take this chance on this. So long story short, though, we get, uh, the, the heart trail is, um, the exciting part about the actual heart pieces is that, uh, majority of them are actually created by local artists. Okay. So this is an actual art installation right. by, by design. This is a walking trail, but curated by art installations. So we've got, uh, local artists and graphic designers that have contributed to the actual pieces. We even had the Arts Council go to uh, Dufrock uh, Elementary School and get some 600 kids to draw what their heart is. You know, what they, what, what they see in heart. So right. and we took those little pieces and we built collages into the space. So not only are there like professional, amateur, and then even like just children art along this entire trail. So this entire thing is one big art piece, as you will. And we're going to have some, I mean, technically it's like couple hundred uh, different unique art pieces installed in the first installation. And once we start doing murals and temporary stuff, I mean, we're talking about hundreds, of, you know, if not a thousand pieces of art that will be installed during the time of this trail and next week. So it's going to be week. next week. Man, I got Next week. It's, it's <clears> like <throat> the big, un, the big unveiling the big of unveiling, it. So okay. This has been a very long and complicated process, but I've been so impressed with, I thought this would be harder than it would be, but I'm very impressed to see Baton Rouge, coming together and all the different entities because I mean, we're we had to get the mayor to sign off we had to get the state to sign off we had to get downtown development to sign off spanish town civic association to sign off but regard town like everybody had a it wasn't just me like saying hey i can do this right everybody had to approve you, those four neighborhoods you crossed into initially, yeah like, and, oh, this and, would be great just going right through it and you're like wait i have to get all of them and that makes so yes. much sense you know i mean yeah. when you walk the neighborhood it is still city own land when you're talking about a sidewalk but there is right. there is still a cultural thing and a community thing that you have to appreciate and respect and that's number one thing so you always have to respect their community because uh, this is their neighborhood you don't want someone just designing something running through so once everybody got approved and everything um i thought it would take a little longer but we're trying to get it installed early february but we're ready to go we just got i just got the email when you sent me another little uh, reminder tonight from uh vividing graphics saying the the order has been printed and ready for pickup very and this nice. will be uh, about 95% of the materials that will be laid on the ground. So soon, starting tomorrow and Thursday, or sorry, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be installing the trail, that which took 18 months from just starting an idea to actual installation will be 18 months around the time. So and then we have our big walk. Y'all are all welcome. It's absolutely free. We have one on the 14th. Okay. Uh, February, so Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, Much hard love. work. Yeah, there you go. It's right. downtown at 12 o'clock. Uh, it's, uh, so basically it's kind of one of these things where we're trying to get everybody that's already there to come just do a quick walk around the city. It's going to be absolutely beautiful weather. So where, where at downtown? So the so road, if I'm going to park my car, where should I park and where should I go? Absolutely. So, uh, if you guys are not familiar with downtown area, there's a beautiful new, uh, sculpture. Uh, you, you've been by the singing sculpture over yes, there by the yes. Rotary Club. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's by Mississippi River Park right near uh, the Hilton. 
Okay. So it's uh, you. You can't miss it. We'll have hearts decorating all over the place. I mean, I'm going to absolutely brand this thing. So like, uh, I mean, you've got the shoes. Yeah, on. I got the it's, shoes. It's I I had the, heart the simple the, the simple it's, heart. Everybody always thinks that I'm just wearing these weird hearts across. They don't understand the project yet, but I'm uh, I'm always trying to remind myself of little tokens to take care of yourself and hopefully spread a little bit of joy and uh, and that whole like wearing your own kind of art thing. But yeah, I love that. Uh, that'll be on the 14th at uh, noon. So that okay. way you can still have your Valentine's date. With your little cutie. And then on the 15th, again, uh, 10 a.m. This is going to be more for, you know, everybody to kind of get a chance to come in. We'll have a lot of the right. students come with their families that contributed to the art. We're going to have a lot of the sponsors out there. A lot of other people from the, around the downtown. My friends have all been so so generous to see the process over the 18 months that they've almost uh i kind of all told them i was like you have to be there yeah you, ha- you have to be there yeah. You might be there. yeah even if you're the only ones there you gotta you be have there. to be there uh it's it's always funny it's um i'm sure you know you, you're a very social guy i'm sure you've uh entertained a party one day in your life and you understand right. that there is some uh stress or just even worry about who's going to uh. show up and that's exactly what's happening at this moment we've built this incredible thing for you guys we just want you all to show up so uh, bring your dog, uh, wear red, anything to help out. Uh, you don't have to, but. No, it's uh, required. It's required. <laughs> it's required. <laughs> hey, if you bring your shirt, I'll, I'll paint a heart on you on the spot. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do art and uh, right there instantly. So there's no shyness of that. Um, I can't, can't promise you we'll get you some of these sexy shoes right here, but maybe if you order a pair. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we order a pair? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, send, come to, uh, send me a little, uh, message on Urban Canvas Studio. You know, okay. Ur- Ur- Urban Canvas Studio, say you want the shoes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll understand what that means. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, um, it's gonna be a beautiful, it's a three mile walk, takes about an hour. Uh, it's a walk, so you can literally wear anything you want. Just bring some comfortable shoes or any shoes at all. You know, it's just, it's gonna be gentle. Um, you, you will not sweat. I mean, if you're sweating, you probably should be doing the walk more. I mean, it's just, sometimes that happens, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's such a a very easy thing to do, but it's so important for people to get up and walk. I cannot tell you how much research I've done on like how sitting for a long period of time, how bad it is for us. Oh, and we, uh, we're doing that more and more every day. Every day. I sit for like during tax season, like 11 hours a day. And, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it, it's a part of our life and it happens. Yeah, it, it, it does. And it's not to say that it's anything against the person. It's just, it happens. I mean, we live a very comfortable life, as you pointed out, you know, like we have everything we need. Right. So sometimes like, why would I need to stand up? <laughs> so I, cause I, you need to get outside. You need to I, exercise. You have to. And we, we always have to remember that we, you know, we may be living in 2020, but our, the human body has been around for, you know, almost a million years, wherever you want to call it to. So like, what has that body been doing for that long? It's been active, you know, right. it's been, it's been waking up in the sunrise and then we didn't always had, have cars. We, never, we had to go out and hunt and gather, you know, we right. had to do things of activity. I mean, we were walking, you know, 10 miles, 20 miles a day probably, and then barely eating. So it's like, we can't just be sitting still and eating over, you know, what our body allows, whatever. So it just, it's just so important to get at least one hour or, you know, they say a mile and a half, two miles of actual walk. It could be 10,000 steps. A lot of people have the kind of Fitbit things or kind of the step counters, you know, that right. really help out. I mean, I get mine every day and I, I, I try to hit my daily goal and I'm, I'm even walking the trail for work and I'm, I'm just hitting it. So it's like, it's not easy to do, but hopefully this will be kind of a quick reminder to people, a marketing ploy, or even an opportunity to say, hey, we're on the trail at work. Let's just take a step outside and do at least half of it, or if not right. the whole thing. When it's, you're also, you're also saying, hey, this, we have a community out here. It's okay to come out. It's okay to experience Baton Rouge yeah. in a way that we haven't done before. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sure before you created this little heart trail, I don't know how many people walked that exact path that you walked and oh, that man. you created, yeah. if anybody. I would love to meet that person. If they walk that exact <laughs> path, I mean, I've got to meet them. Because okay. it is a, and I can't tell you enough how beautiful these things right. are. I mean, I didn't know what Spanish Town was. I was even a little the impression that it was dangerous when I first moved downtown. I was naive. I mean, I lived all in seven different neighborhoods across Baton Rouge, my undergrad years, and throughout even you know coming back and visiting, but I never really entertained the idea of downtown. So my first walk, I was nervous. I, I didn't know what to expect. And as soon as I stepped inside the neighborhood, I was just blown away. Absolutely gorgeous. It's the most, not the nicest people you've ever met. Cutest gardens everywhere. I mean, just it felt like just this quaint, beautiful, historic neighborhood right downtown. I was like, this right. is gorgeous. I was like, this, this, and then I take my friends on their walk with me. Um, more like I pull them to come with me because, you know, then I always want to be active. But, um, and I walk and they're like, I had no idea downtown was so beautiful. 
I had no idea there was wow. so much to offer. Yeah. I mean, it's just sometimes it's a perspective thing. Like you, you, you build up what your head, you know, thinks it's going to be. And then you get there and then it's just you're in complete shock because you're like, I didn't know this was here. And it's just it multiplies over and over. I mean, we pass 103 businesses along the heart trail. Yeah. I mean, you, if I ask someone to name five, they probably had a hard time doing it. But right. there's just so many things going on in the park space or, you know, just even these cute neighborhoods. And I always tell like Matt, I'm like, Matt, man, there's uh, I see some of your signs along the heart trail. You know, if I push people by that trail, do I get a kickback? <laughs> you know, but, so here we have a property listed by Elephant. Yeah, yeah, you can't miss their signs. It's beautiful. Uh, but, you know, there's 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 an exciting thing. I, I wanted to do an economic study on it uh, because, I mean, if I get 10,000 people to do the trail a year, how much is that offered to the state in terms of tax uh, revenue? Because you have gas, you know, you have, right. you know, they, they buy a beer when they're there. Or that one person that says, oh, this is a beautiful home. I'll buy this home for sale. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden there's a $20,000 deal for the city. And so, like, you know, I, I try to tell this to people. I'm like, look, this thing's going to sell itself because if we get people in this area and we get more and more people to come, you know, it's like the Louisiana Marathon, all these uh, cool things that are happening. Like, people are going to be like, wow, this is a beautiful place. Yeah. It does have things for us. So we just we, we have to showcase that. And this is a way to kind of re-fall in love with your with your city. Right. Well, so, and that's like the whole purpose behind why I wanted to do this podcast because I knew there was so much cool stuff out there yeah. that I didn't know about. I'm like, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to be selfish and bring people on to learn about <laughs> it and then put it out there so other people uh, can hear about it. It's a brilliant strategy. And I, I, I want – I hope this – continues for you i think it's an incredible opportunity because sometimes just having a little platform uh, you know give people a chance to actually speak into a microphone and say look this city does have things that are exciting i mean there are people out there that are making a change and i always try to remind people that a city is a culmination of you know communities and then the communities are a culmination of people you know coming together um so it takes literally just these micro you know uh situations if you will for people to keep continuing to add certain things to it to make this one cohesive, beautiful space, you know, the city. So yeah. there are people out there that are just kind of constantly just adding to the value of the city. And it's going to eventually hit a tipping point where people are going to be like, yeah, this is a cool city. Yeah, this is a pretty cool it's space just, we I mean, built here. Yeah, it is. And, right. the, and it's going to start recruiting people. And it's going to start retaining people. Right. I mean, that's the number one thing we have the worst in Baton Rouge. And oh, my is, is, reten- is retention of people leaving, you know, from, from campus, going to Texas, going to New Orleans. That's I so, literally had this conversation on the last on the last episode was yeah. that fact of when I was in at LSU, that was the hottest topic. Yeah. Where am I going to go after graduation? It, it's, I'm like, it, what do you mean where are you going to go? You're right here. Yeah. You're here. Where are you going to go anywhere? I mean, I'm like, oh, the opportunities out there, but opportunities here. Opportunities here, yeah. Oh, but we don't know about it. Okay, well, let's go find out about it. Exactly. Let's get out there. Let's get in the community. Let's start asking people. You know, instead of sitting and playing on your phone in the street corner with three people around, you want to say, hey, my name's so-and-so. What do you do? Yeah. You know? It, it, it all comes down to a lot of times people just don't want to search for things. Yeah, because we we live in a world where things come to us. I mean, I could literally order us pizza right now. Yeah, it would come. It would come to this door. I could I could tell like my I could tell my Alexa inside to order us pizza. Yeah, pop up. (laughs) I'm not that fancy. (laughs) We're 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 bringing we're bringing this to people. Right, they don't have to go out there and get it. You know, for this. For this podcast, whether it be on Facebook Live or people listening to the actual show on whatever platform it is, they wouldn't have to go and seek you out and find you. I'm trying to do that with the show is going out and finding these people and meeting people along the way. Like, oh, you're pretty cool. I mean, you, I saw you came up with somebody else that I knew. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's he doing? Clicked on it. I'm like, okay, this dude needs to come on the show. Okay. So it was like a no, like, no brainer. He needs to come on because he's doing cool stuff. I'm trying, yeah. And, and it, it's it's finding those people in the community and saying, hey, guys, I'll bring them to you. But then you got to get out there and experience what they're you actually to, doing. You have to get out. You have to get out there. I mean, we. Uh, so I just left in a very, very incredible uh, seminar kind of class, if you will. Uh, talks about one of the readers and authors that we were uh, studying was talking literally about that. It's like, just get away from the digital world. Yes. Get yourself out there um, and just absolutely experience it. Don't get in a car. Like You get yourself to a car to a point, but then get out of the car. Right. Because even in that car, you're disconnected from the world. Like the only way to really experience a landscape or I call it landscape. It could be government street. It could be third street. I call that, you know, we'll call that as I just want to let anybody hear in that word. That's what I mean. Um, An urban scape, if you will, in order to really take in everything. I'm talking about what the streets like, what the what the vegetation's like, what the architecture's like, even what the canopy of the trees and, and the birds are like. You have to be outside. You have to be on a bike or walking. Yep. Uh, that's the only way I really like to dive into cities. I take the van to a city. I'll, I get into my space and I'll take my bike and I'll just bike 10 miles around it and just try to take it all in. So um, that's why I always tell people, it's like, go out. Like, I, I complain a lot myself sometimes. I'm like, well, you know, there's not, well, there's not really there. 
There's something to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm like, and I complain, and I'm like, you know, I'm done complaining. I'm yeah. gonna go find something because I know it may not be as easy to find, but I know there's something out there. Yeah. And I start calling people. I start putting on my social media. I'm like, hey, what's everybody doing? And people answer because all the times I'm seeing friends, I'm like, hey, and that's amazing. What, what was that? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm seeing these amazing things start to pop up. Uh, so sometimes you just have to absolutely go out there, and sometimes you make sure you put yourself around people that are looking to enjoy life. Yeah. Because a lot of times you can find yourself surrounded by friends that are just like, oh, this place is terrible. I want to go to I want to go to Houston or or somewhere else, Seattle or Seattle or New York or, or, New York or, or Chicago. You know, all yeah, these, Chicago, these these are great yeah. cities. But I promise you, uh, you know, we take cities like Austin, Texas, or Nashville, or even Chattanooga. These cities were all bad twenty something years ago. Yeah, they were well, all right where thirty more years less ago now. We were. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people have no idea that these cities were not what they are now. Like yeah. they were undesirable. They were dangerous. They were literally just spaces where people did not want to be yeah they were everything you think of negative about baton rouge yeah back then and look where they came to and it, somebody or a collective of people were like you know what it's enough yeah we're, we're tired of it being this way so let's make a change even if we're one person two person three person if we make small changes together like you said we'll reach that tipping point right and then that's when everybody will oh no now we'll come to the party and it's like well let's get on the ground while you say there's no opportunity there's so much right opportunity because there's so few that want to do something exactly and it, like anything in the world you have your early adopters your mass majorities uh, right. i can't remember i can't remember that exact uh curve and who came up with it but um you know things that you're doing things that other people are designing you know doing even kind of maybe considering my company like i i'm i'm, I'm seeing opportunities to kind of create that mass you know, early adoption into this things that other cities have that people go oh this is why i love the city right it's like i'm trying to as a designer i'm i've already went out to 280 something cities in the united states i've seen majority of this country and i'm taking back some of these ideas that people fell in love with and saying well we have the space for it we literally have the, the landscape for it let's just take this and just re, you know revisit it and then just kind of uh, change it to a way that all of a sudden people can be like oh this is beautiful like yeah. it's not hard it's just but it takes people to stay and see opportunity and then the hardest part is it takes us to uh, to go out there and continuously fight the fight for a better situation. But I think we're finally in a time because I've I've been in Baton Rouge for eight years now, collectively in my life in Louisiana a little bit longer, and I've seen the struggles that you know everybody talked about, just everybody kind of being complacent and not wanting to change. But I really think that we're in a time of change. Like we're on the precipice of this this turning point, if you will. Like there have been these amazing organizations that have spent the last three decades just pushing the needle just ever so slightly and it's just time for that it's just going to be kind of a dripping for investment it's just going to absolutely just have a mass uh, rush right. towards some great things i mean i can go over and all these different projects what they're going to be but baton rouge will be something very special in 10 years like i, I can see it like i saw the drone stuff i'm not saying i can see the, the future <laughs> well hang but on I, now you might not no, be leaving no, no, no. the future <laughs> yeah, yeah don't don't ask me about stocks uh but i i i obsess over certain things and when you obsess over things you dive into information and you you connect dots in ways that others just don't care to do right i mean um I can't at all go down the financial world about connecting certain dots that you could literally spend probably podcasts on. Yeah. But if we're talking about urban planning, master planning, and just like infrastructural change and even seeing social aspects and cultural shifts, I can talk about that. Yeah. Cause that's what I want to study. That's what right. I, I mean, that's, that's what I, that's what I do for my living. It's what I'm obsessed with. So my brain just naturally sees these things. I think Baton Rouge is literally on this change that's going to be just absolutely special. And it's going to be a lot of people that are, that are seeing it too, that are riding it, that are bringing in this energy, that are going to make it happen. And it's just going to take some time. But, you know, like anything, that's just not what some people are waiting for. Yeah. You know, I mean, they graduate, they're ready to go to the big city and get that job. Now, I get that. But there also are what I like to call the Louisiana locals, mm. people that are never going to leave. Yeah, they love, they love, happen, they love their leave. state, man. We, we love our state here and people just want to stay at home, right. which I love. But it's time to make home a little bit better. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And so uh, I think Baton Rouge is going to have that happen and so i'm sure matt's you know will may listen or may not but i know he's investing in the right places <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and he, and i mean because it comes down right to places, it yeah. like i always love the idea of uh looking at someone's like yeah this person owns and i go to a city one day and you know i get a chance to meet some great people and they're like yeah this person owns all this kind of this i'm like Dad, how do you own that he's like it wasn't this cool 20 years ago that's right. And they saw the opportunity they're like look i took a chance and i bought into it and i developed it and i waited and you know now it's He's got himself five retirement packages, you know, because of all that stuff. So it's like there's opportunity here in Baton Rouge the same way. There's there's a Plank Road corridor 
I mean, they're about to have an incredible master plan with Built Baton Rouge. You know, there's going to be some incredible investment to one of our uh, under, you know, disinvested, you know, sectors of the city. So right. we're now about to take our kind of, you know, for lack of better terms, our weaker segment of an area, and we're going to strengthen it. And all of a sudden, that's going to strengthen our city of Baton Rouge as a whole. And people don't see that. Sometimes we see just this, we see that's not my zip code, it's not my problem kind of thing. But these these disconnected areas are all starting to become connected in their own way as we, you know, start to happen in the landscape. So we're going to get some stronger cities all across, not just, you know, the areas that we may think is our bubble, you know. Right. So this whole city is, it, I'm seeing it over and over, and it's a little slower than I would like because I'm just so used to some Texas time. And oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we operate a little slower here. I, I think it's because we, uh, I think it's a fun that, uh, idea that I had some, I, don't, I haven't given it a name yet, but it's just like this time of the year that we just celebrate life more than others. And it starts with like a little bit into like Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and it carries over into the Christmas holidays, then yeah. the New Year's holidays. Right. And I'm pretty sure carnival seasons like and then that's also like football into football season. So playoffs for both college and right. professional. Then you have your carnival season starting mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like crawfish season. And then you have your baseball. I got the, so I got the socks on. Yeah, now. yeah, you got the socks, the crawfish on. socks on now. <laughs> I had Lainey King with the crawfish apple on a couple episodes ago. So there you she's. Go really vamping it up in this time that's what i'm saying it's like and so like we just hit this time where we celebrate life like no other. Absolutely. i've never been in a place in the country where i've seen a community or citizens celebrate life and be as happy as they are down here yeah like that is the most beautiful thing to, to find but it's also from a plant you know like a designer standpoint of the urban space it's like it's also the most frustrating because we don't when you're happy you don't really necessarily seek change you know, so it's like, you know, when you're happy, you don't, you know, like, why, why, would, seek change? why seek change? I mean, it's just human condition. Like, it's literally what you strive for. So if you, if you get to that thing that most people can't, then you don't want to change. But that that also then allows things to kind of fall through the cracks. So yeah. hence why we have some troubled areas in certain categories compared to other states. So uh, so I haven't figured out this time frame, what to call it yet, but year it, round, it, <laughs> it, it, it almost it all right, my, we call it winter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I was up in Minneapolis this summer um, doing some research for the thesis. And up there, it, it was this weather, exactly 75 degrees during their their uh, June and July. Yeah. And I'm just like, and everybody's outside running around, playing in parks until, I mean, they, they just, it almost looked like they couldn't get enough of it. Right. And they're just so happy. And so, like, for us, though, it's kind of reverse. Like, during the summertime, you know, it's so hot that we're indoors. Absolutely. Like, you will be inside a... Air conditioned house, an air conditioned car, air conditioned office, and then yeah. in that air conditioned bar and restaurant. Right. You're, the only time you're going outside is to get between those two spaces. You know, yeah. and uh, even then you're gonna run real fast. Even then, yeah, and then just come like <sighs> complain. But during the winter time, we're like, much more active, so it's kind of reverse. But summertime is like almost our downtime. Yeah, like we we almost we re- hibernate. We recoup. <laughs> <laughs> we recoup for the, start of football season. But you, you think it's like I, I I wondered. I was like, look, uh, Minneapolis. They probably celebrate life and you know enjoy drink all that fun stuff, and then. You know, during the wintertime, they're probably more isolated. Right. So that's their, that's their physical recharging moment because they have short days. No one wants to do anything. They go to sleep, wake up. You know, they For months, they probably just physically hibernate. Yeah. But we, and we have a summer here, which means that we still have swimming pools. We still have lakes. Yeah. You know, we still have you know, grills. We still have mm-hmm. times that we're not being hindered so much by this physical environment. So it's like, although we do get some of a break, it's not really a break. It's just like a, a it's a lower version of that celebration. So it's just like the dip. It's, it's a we have a we have that we have that dip in a picture right there. Yeah, it's just it's absolutely beautiful. And so I've kind of just been monitoring over the next the last few years, just like how we you know spend our time. Oh, St. Patty's Day is coming up too. So yeah, yeah, you get St. Patty's Day. So St. Patty's Day. Oh, then Mar- yeah. So it's like Mardi Gras, St. Patty's Day. I mean, I just we you cannot stop you know celebrating life down here. And like that's, that's it, man. I don't hate it. <laughs> I, I really don't. It's just sometimes I'm just like, oh, y'all want to go hang out in like a park and just chill? <laughs> just <laughs> like, like, nope. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, we don't, you know, I'm going to play some sports. You know, we, we got a nice little celebration and a parade to go catch. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So. <laughs> so, okay. Um, starting to wrap up the show, what is something that you've seen? Well, obviously, you've seen a lot in Baton Rouge and you're making yeah. a lot of changes. But what is something that I or the viewers can do to help you? achieve your goal of what you're trying to do here i mean the only thing that you guys can do with your you know with your uh found you know your platform if you will call it that or even the viewers listening i mean for me and what i do is i just need support for more 
for more art and in, in the community and that could doesn't have to necessarily be art in the sense of like a mural i mean you could be a lot of things or even just change of the urban space uh we need the citizens of you know, baton rouge to start demanding a better landscape right. and i don't think yeah i know it's hard for everybody out there i use the word landscape don't think flower beds i mean just think urban space but um, we need and we, we ought to be asking why the city has not invested like other cities have outside of the state. Right. I mean, if a lot of people in this plat, uh, podcast may be local uh, listening, I don't know how much traveling they have done. But if you go out to other places, you're just going to see and then you go out to these like other cities across the country and come back. It almost feels like we're kind of just we're stuck in time. Yeah. Like it feels like we just we just didn't evolve with everybody. Uh, and that happens. I mean, every city is going to be different. We have budget issues. We have our priorities. We have our things we need to work on. Um, but we just need that conversation to start saying, why don't we have this? Or why are we last in all these categories? And once the conversation starts happening, well, then answers are going to start being answered. Our right. questions are going to be starting to answered. And so, therefore, you know, people can't hide uh, these issues anymore. And all of a sudden we're going to start demanding, you know, things to be fixed. And once that happens, we're going to have a better quality of life. It's going to retain more people. People are going to be happier, more proud of their space. They're going to start contributing. It's just, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. So just demanding, uh, or just, uh, you know, encouraging the conversation saying we want more of this is so powerful. It doesn't have to say that it doesn't necessarily be, Hey, we want this company to do this more. Would be great. You know, urban canvas studio love on, you know, love, love, this, love it. Please share everything but um no just i mean there are a lot of great organizations out there the walls projects baton rouge green arts council ddd i mean i can go on and on and on and on about these organizations that are doing their efforts right um but what we need is the citizens to say stop saying oh the city you know it sucks for lack of better words we need them to say where are the opportunities and then point them out because once you point them out then i as a designer doesn't don't have to go out there to discover them and create the project because all my projects i've ever built so far my company have been created by my vision, which means I found the opportunity and then said, hey, you can do this. And then someone goes, wow, how do we get this done? Yeah. But if we can have everybody else saying, hey, I have this space and then you drink, drag, drag me in and say, what can we do? I'm like, well, we can do whatever. We can do so much. Right. But I need it. I need that space identified. So maybe that's it. The take home identifying spaces that need to be revitalized or change. That way they can people can start having a kind of a pride of place instead of just passing this dingy blight area if you want to call it that you know whatever it may be um so just identifying those would just be so powerful because then i don't have to go out and canvas the area i can have people tell me what they need and then start designing for them and sending out those those free proposals right. just say hey this could be something beautiful like go find money like <laughs> like I, I do that for people uh and i've literally had you know some certain schools that just say hey we don't have any money but we'd like to raise money i'm like all right well show me the space let's talk i can spend two hours designing and giving you a presentation that you can then raise ten thousand dollars to do so sometimes it just literally takes a little bit of back and forth for free to get the conversation to take their their vision and turn into reality and show people what this could be i mean sometimes it just takes a simple rendering or simple proposal by my company to say this is this is what this beautiful space could be so just ask i mean just say what can the space be i guess or like hey is it demanded saying i want this to be something better okay so (laughs) for everybody listening and watching hit up urban canvas urban canvas studio and just flood his inbox yes flood it with things you want done flood it with things that you say hey i've got this space if you've got a space Come in and have him work his magic. Yeah, I got I have plenty of ideas, guys. Like I literally I have so many. I I, I, have, I have enough proposals backed up right now that once I'm graduated, I'm gonna send them out to the city and be like, "How do we find money to get this done?" Yeah, don't worry. Like once I'm done graduate, you're gonna see like a whole influx of projects coming your way. It's just all right now. I've got to give some hours, to obviously graduating and get this thesis uh, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah rise the commitments. It's <laughs> cool, right? I don't know, right? <laughs> Okay, so thank you so very much for thank coming you. on the show. I really appreciate it. And I, I can't be there on the 14th, but maybe I'll encourage my wife Absolutely. and some family members to Please, go out Please, yeah. And, and if anybody, you can't make it, just share the idea. You never Absolutely. know who you're going to, who you know, will be able to see this and impact their lives. I mean, this trail was designed and built for the city, um, for everyone. So we want to offer this to everyone. It's, it's there. It's 24-hour access kind of thing. So... Anybody that shares it, you have no idea what you could be doing for the person's health or the next person that sees it. So that's right. It's always that's why I like to think about. It's like you know, social media is so easy just to press a button sometimes for sharing, and you have no idea what the impact can be on that. Yeah. So it's almost like I love doing it every time I can get. It. I'm like share, <laughs> like, share, share, like because you never know that one person will see it and how that's, that's going to change the world. Like 
That's someone right. shared one day about drones on LinkedIn when I'm back in 2014. It changed my life. That's right. So it's like, you know, you never know what that one thing will be, that one click. So I always encourage people, if it's a good cause and you believe in it, just absolutely share and talk about it, promote it. I mean, if it's yeah. for the better of the community, why not? That's And like, I think you put it perfectly. Even if you are only able to impact one person, you're only able to change one person's life, it was worth it. Yeah, because you never know what that one person's life, once they're for the better, what they can do. That's it. I mean, I always like to think it's a snowball effect. That's like, How many companies have you impacted? How yeah. many have you impacted a whole Dubai? Yeah, yeah, I mean, a whole know, city. Yeah, every time I put a pinstroke on the ground, someone, that was a neighborhood. That was someone's it. neighborhood that was being developed. I mean, in the same way, like, the uh, Bad News Foundation, other other sponsors uh, funded me to do an idea that then hopefully will have lasting you know impact on people I may never even speak with. That's it. And they that's may why, never even know you, but they yeah. know that the project is there and they know what it did for yeah. the people. All because you press share. Yeah, press <laughs> share, man. So I'm saying, if I can save one life out of this entire project, that would be enough to like feel wow. like you know it's something real. What I do, and I really think this is going to save more than one. So absolutely. So it's like I'm going to. I mean, it helped with my life. If if it can help with mine, it can help with anybody. So that's a feeling that I wake up and I just. I'm definitely not getting paid enough for the project, which is <laughs> way okay because this is way more than about the money. These are these projects that you absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I wear clothes that are sporting hearts every day just because i believe in it so much so right so these are kind of one of these things we want to give back to the community so share talk about it come out it doesn't have to be this weekend i'll encourage it because you know we need some numbers and <laughs> we need uh, people to show up yeah because i mean we have we have to we got funding for uh two more by the way uh in baton rouge okay. uh yeah so the next one will be in the plank road corridor okay uh area and then the third one will be in 2022 so we haven't decided yet so the more people support this, the more people talk about it, the more evidence we can show to our, our uh, sponsors to say, look, we need more. This is evidence that this is working. So, we, you know, this is a sponsored event or uh, installation, but at the same time, we have to prove its worth. That's and that's it. my job is to design, build you something beautiful, and then obviously prove its worth uh, throughout the community. So, spon- you know, just keep sharing, talking about it, you guys, just for the greater good, not for me. Yeah, for the greater good yeah. and for the continuation and building up the city. So just voice your opinion, tell them what you want, yes. and just share the page. So thank you so very much for coming thank on you. the show. Thank you to the few listeners and the few viewers. I really appreciate it. And I know the city of Baton Rouge does as well as we are constantly showing and highlighting what we have to offer. So I'm your host, Patty G. We're here with Urban Canvas Studio. Signing off. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I'm a simple